Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by APT Capital Group, where Kyle and Lalita talk to top experts and seasoned passive investors in the business to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family using real estate as your vehicle. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lolita, also joined by Kyle. Before we get started, please make sure to head over to our website, aptcapitalgroup.com, and grab our free Passive Investor's Guide. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do, you can schedule a call with Kyle on our website as well. All right, let's get into our show. Today, we have Greg Young joining us. Greg, welcome. How's it going? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Before we get into the interview, here is a little bit about Greg. Greg has been a real estate investor since 2012 and a realtor since 2015. He recently co-authored the book, Success Habits of Super Achievers, which features lessons from many authority figures. Greg and his wife, Mandy, are currently invested as a limited partner in a resort property, which was introduced to them by Robert Helms of the Real Estate Guys radio show. This investment in Belize is an interesting one due to the effects of COVID, which we'll discuss in today's show. So Greg, with that being said, could you please take it from here and tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? Yeah, for sure. Thank you for that introduction. And I just want to say I'm a big fan of you guys, APT or APT Capital, excuse me. Um, Love what you guys are doing. But yeah, just to expand a little bit, um, you know, I grew up in New York. I came out to Arizona for college um, and then lived in San Diego for a little bit and um, been in Phoenix for the past 14, 15 years um, ever since. Kind of like you said, just investing, uh, you know, residential realtor. And um, yeah, really excited to be on the podcast and talk about real estate investing and um, you know, as a limited partner. And it's funny, everybody um, kind of wants to hear about the Belize investment once that rolls off my tongue. So I'm sure we'll dive into that uh, quite a bit. So looking forward to it. Yeah, well, let's hop right into that Belize investment because we haven't talked to anyone who has invested in real estate outside of the US. So definitely want to pick your brain on that. So what gave you the confidence to invest in a deal outside of the US, first of all? Um, yeah, so there's a little bit of a backstory behind that. Um, it was uh, summer of 2019. Me and Mandy, we decided everything kind of worked out. And uh, we went on the real estate guys Belize discovery trip. I always wanted to go on it. And um, the timing just worked out. So we basically headed down there. And um, yeah, we hung out with Robert Helms for three or four days, which was awesome. Um, we actually did a vacation before that. So we were in Belize five days prior. So we got a little bit of the, the lay of the land on ourselves. So yeah, you know, kind of goes without saying, but, um, you know, Robert Helms having a uh, big development in Belize gave us um, a lot of confidence because, you know, I highly respect Robert Helms and what he's done in this space. And um, he's just super successful, very nice guy, very approachable. Um, so that was the the foundation of our confidence investing in Belize. And then just um, really learning about the market, being there, learning about their laws, their English speaking. Um, so, so many factors just kind of really um, piled onto that foundation. And then um, kind of from there, we um, invested with two of Robert's students in his uh, syndication mentoring club. So again, another layer that they're learning from Robert Helms. And, um, you know, we ended up becoming really good friends with uh, those general partners, uh, Ryan and Curtis of Prosperity Aid. So, um, so yeah, all those kind of factors. And then obviously doing our due diligence, which I'm uh, sure we'll talk about. 
but that was the, uh, what it initially gave us that confidence to uh, really invest in Belize. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been good so far. Okay, cool. So let's talk about the deal a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the deal and then maybe some other points to why you liked it. Sure, of course. Um, so it is in Mahogany Bay Village, which is uh, Robert Helms's big development there. And um, yeah, we invested as a limited partner in a syndication. It is uh, one parcel. There's two pieces. There will be two pieces of property on that land. Um, COVID kind of threw a wrench in that whole thing, which you know we'll talk about. But yeah, ideally, you know why we really liked it. Personally, it was for a lifestyle investment as well as a financial investment. Um, you know, meaning that we have the opportunity once the property is built, we can go down there. I think it's three or four days every year and really enjoy the property. You know, we're not paying the hotel fees and that kind of thing. Um, but it really just gets us in gear. If we did want to go down there every year for three or four days, we can take a vacation, check on our property um, and just, you know, really enjoy ourselves. So that was our main reason for investing. And then obviously the numbers and the confidence um, back that investment up on the, on the back end. But initially it was just, Hey, let's have a cool place in Belize where we can go every year if we want to. And if we don't want to go every year, that's cool too. So that was kind of the foundation of our, um, our thinking anyway on the Belize investment. Okay. How long of an investment is it? And kind of what is the process from start to finish? Yeah. So it's actually, um, it was going to be built, um, but then COVID hit. So it was actually going to be completed November, December of this year of 2020. Um, but the construction never got started due to COVID. So um, we're still kind of waiting in that queue. Um, so I think that's the way it kind of works as far as the building goes. If we were number five before COVID hit, we're just number five in the queue now, um, which is a good thing because, you know, there aren't any holding costs. The general partners, they actually raised the whole amount. So there's no mortgage, um, which is really good, obviously, with COVID. And, um, so there's, you know, no holding costs at this point. It's basically just land. And as far as the um, the time frame, the um, it's basically going to be a forever investment. Um, there's not a you know three to five year exit strategy. Um, if you do want to get out of the investment, obviously you can. There are some legal ramifications to do that, but um, we knew that going in that this was going to be most likely a, a lifelong investment, um, and we're treating it as that. So kind of goes along with that lifestyle investment as well. But, um, but yeah, no three to five year exit strategy unless. Um, you know, something really um, bad happens, which, you know, knock on wood, hopefully it is lifestyle investment and a, a lifelong investment. Did COVID affect this in any other way? I mean, delaying construction obviously is a big one, but do you see it um, affecting anything else? And are they building now or is it still on hold? Um, so I believe it's still on hold at this point because they they did open the country and then I think they shut it back down for a little bit, um, kind of similar to what we're doing here in the U.S., so, yeah, the, the building is basically, you know, just pushed back, I'm guessing about a year, maybe 18 months at this point. So, yeah, that's kind of what's going on right there. Tell us, would you invest in another deal outside of the U.S. and, and why? You know, because honestly, you're the first person I've ever talked to that has invested outside the U.S. Not that, you know, maybe it's just because it doesn't come up, but you don't often meet a lot of people that invest outside of the U.S., at least in my opinion. So would love to know if you would do it again and, and what some reasons why or why not. Yeah. So um, I think for me, for my personal investing philosophy, I would, if it was similar to the Belize deal where it had some kind of lifestyle component to it, um, you know, meaning if there was a great deal in uh, like Costa Rica or Italy, you know, two places that we've been recently in the past five years or so, um, and we would want to go back then I would probably look at it and say, yeah, this is a place that we would go or have some kind of lifestyle advantage to it. Um, you know, obviously backed by the numbers and the team, make sure the, the deal is strong. Um, but that's 
me personally, I know there's other people that would probably invest in Italy and never go there and just work out those numbers if they're higher numbers than U.S. deals. Um, but for me, um, investing internationally, it was um, it was fun doing the Belize one because I felt it was a lot easier to like dip your toe in that water because it is um, English speaking and they they do very they do follow uh, U.S. laws very closely. Um, and being a limited partner, you know, I'm not dealing with any Belizean authorities or you know tax ramifications, everything is basically taken care of. So to answer your question, yeah, I would, I would consider investing internationally again, but it would have to be um, the right deal and the right location and the lifestyle component in there some way or another. Okay. Is there any additional red tape or regulation since you are investing in something outside of the country, or is it just like a normal syndication from your perspective, from a limited partner's perspective? From a limited partner, partner perspective, it's uh, pretty much the same. You get a, a K-1 that's coming from the U.S., a U.S. entity. Um, and that's kind of goes to the way Ryan and Curtis uh, structured it as well. But um, everything is basically paid in Belize before the distribution occurs to me. So the K-1 just looks like a regular uh, K-1 if I invested in, you know, Phoenix or California or wherever. Okay, interesting. And so what was your biggest lesson learned by investing in your first um, deal out of out of the country? Um, yeah, so that's a good question. I guess, um, after COVID, it would be uh, patience. Um, you know, obviously with real estate, it never happens very quickly. You know, it's not get rich quick, it's get wealthy slowly. Um, even putting, you know, um, properties under contract, it takes, you know, 15 days, 30 days, 45 days. Um, so yeah, this has really taught me um, to be patient with the process, even when, especially when things are out of your control, because there is nothing that anybody can do in this deal to, you know, get that building going or opening up the borders or getting rid of COVID. So it's really just patience and uh, trusting the process and trusting the team that you vetted out. Yep. Makes sense. So you mentioned that you also invested in a a South Carolina deal, which I think is the group that you mentioned earlier. How Mm -hmm. did you find this deal and tell us about those opportunities? Yeah, so this was a deal from uh, Neil Bawa, which I'm sure you're familiar with. He's, uh, I consider him a heavy hitter in the multifamily so I've been to um, a lot of his webinars. You know, he has an educational platform. So he's very well known and he's out there on social media. So I've been um, probably following him for six or nine months. And, um, you know, I'm on his mailing list and this one kind of came along. And honestly, it was just the right right place, right time. Um, we had just sold a property and we were sitting on some cash. This deal kind of came along. And, um, and obviously I, uh, I vetted out Neil, but that was pretty easy to do because he's uh, well-respected and, um, you know, to follow him on social media and, and everything. And um, yeah, vetted out his team and the deal um, and everything just kind of came into place. So it was, um, that was a really easy one for me because it was not a lifestyle investment. It was literally just looking at the numbers on the spreadsheet and does it, you know, fit into our personal, uh, you know, investment philosophy, which it did. Um, so yeah, that one was really easy. And um, we invested in that one, I think three or four months ago. So I guess, June or July of 2020, right in the middle of COVID or somewhere in the middle, I guess. But um, yeah, it's been a pretty good, pretty good investment. And it's really great to see how they operate on the back end too, and um, how they talk to investors, their monthly updates and the things that, you know, you really don't see unless you invest in a deal. So um, that's really cool to see the back end communication as well. What are some of the positive things? I mean, Neil is great. We look up to him. He's one of our mentors for sure. And, you know, we model ourselves after him. And so I know a lot of the things that he does is fantastic. But when you're looking at a sponsor, just in general, you know, from that back end, what, what as a limited partner are you looking for? 
So on the back end, I definitely look for the communication, um, the commu- communication style and frequency. Um, you know, but more importantly, I want to know about Neil's background, you know, what he's done, what he's invested in. Um, you know, like I said, and you probably know, he's got the educational platform. So he's teaching, you know, people like you and I how to uh, raise capital and, you know, do syndication deals. Um, so that's a big one for me too, because if he's teaching people how to do this, then he's got to, you know, he's not just only um, living it, but he's teaching other people and he has a real great grasp of everything 360 of, you know, that syndication deal and markets and property managers. Um, so that's, that's one thing that I really look at and I really respect about, you know, investing with somebody like Neil and like Robert Helms as well. Just, um, yeah, just everything that they bring to the table. How do you go about finding and vetting the sponsors? I mean, obviously with Neil, uh, you know, one thing, cause he's got an educational platform, but how are also you kind of going out and looking for sponsors? Yeah. So um, I do that a lot of it on social media as well. And I know not everybody's on social media, um, but that's just another layer that I do look for is, um, again, their frequency, their communication. Are they professional in their social media? Are they cracking jokes or, you know, being maybe unprofessional and that kind of thing. Um, and then it's just talking to other people that, you know, know, um, you know, those sponsors as well. Maybe they've invested with them. Maybe they're in a mastermind with them. Um, so just those ancillary ways of reaching people that are in touch with um, those GPs. Um, that's kind of the way I vetted out um, the GPs that I've invested with. How much time do you spend vetting? I mean, is it something where, you know, you meet them and a month later you'll invest in their deal or does this take time? How much communication do you have? What's that process like for you? Um, so I think it depends um, because the one in Belize, I think we did that actually pretty, we did that quicker than we did the one in South Carolina, believe it or not. And I think it was just because we were in that market. We were, you know, boots on the ground. We actually saw the, you know, Mahogany Bay Village and what it's going to be built and what it's going to look like. So that one, I think, was about a month, two month turnaround of, you know, vetting the sponsors, getting our, our head around investing internationally. Um, and then the, the one in South Carolina with Neil, I just happened to be on his mailing list for, I think, you know, six or eight or nine months. And um, yeah, the timing was right. And so that one was a lot easier to vet because I kept on seeing him and popping up and he was showing up at, um, you know, the real estate guys events or dealmaker live with Michael Blanc. So um, just seeing him being a guest on some of those uh, bigger platforms as well, really um, helped me just kind of vet, vet him, you know, in my own way as well. Mm-hmm. All right. I like asking passive investors this question because it, it always varies. And in your situation, it definitely does because you have one investment that's more of a lifestyle investment and then you have another one for what seems like cash flow or overall return. So what are your main criteria and, and why is your criteria what it is? Yeah. So the three or four things that I really look at are um, obviously the, the team, you know, the GP team, um, as far as the general partners, their experience, um, you know, but also the property managers that they're using and how they interact with each other as well. Um, you know, I can speak personally. I've seen you and Gary on webinars and been to your meetups and stuff. So it's really cool to see how you guys interact um, with each other and with the guests as well. So that would be the first criteria. The second one would definitely be the market. And, you know, obviously the market drivers as far as are people moving there, the jobs, the companies that are there. Um, so all those market drivers and indicators and then if those two things are checked, then, you know, the third thing that I'm going to look at is obviously the deal itself. You know, what are the numbers? You know, what are the, the projected returns? Um, what's the history of the, the general partner producing those numbers that, you know, how accurate are they predicting those numbers as well? Because obviously with syndications, they're, you know, projections, they're not guarantees. 
Um, so those are the three or four things that I really look at probably in that order as well. The deal is usually the last thing. Um, Cause if I'm going to write a check for a decent amount of money, I want to make sure that I trust that person who is receiving that money. And um, you know, I trust them not only now, but a year from now, 10 years from now. And hopefully my vetting is, you know, that, uh, that well done into the future. Yep. That makes sense. So it sounds like you are still investing during COVID why are you still investing during COVID? Not that there's a right or wrong. I mean, we're certainly investing during COVID as well. But, you know, what's your reasoning behind that versus other people saying, hey, I'm going to sit back and wait and see how things play out? Right. Yeah, honestly, that was a, um, you know, I was going back and forth about that. And I've heard a lot of people on podcasts, you know, kind of argue one way or the other. And um, like you said, it's, just, you know, it's a personal personal choice. So um, we decided to, you know, invest in that South Carolina deal um, just because the timing was right and we had some cash that we were sitting on. Um, and if the deal comes along and it's still a good deal during COVID, why not invest? Um, I wouldn't, you know, get aggressive during COVID and really, um, you know, do deals that I wouldn't normally do. But, you know, I would just kind of treat it as, you know, do, does the deal make sense? Do I trust the sponsors? Kind of like we were just talking about. And if those are, you know, three check marks, then, you know, pull the trigger. I don't, I don't see hesitation. Why not? But I can see the other side of the coin where people are a little bit, scared and uncertain of, you know, the future, which I certainly am as well, but, um, you know, teach their own. And that's just kind of the direction that me and my wife decided to go down. This podcast is sponsored by Bullpen. Bullpen is an online marketplace where you can find and hire top-notch commercial real estate analysts on an hourly or part-time basis to support your deals. The analysts on Bullpen have various skill sets from office brokerage in Topeka to multifamily development in New York and everything in between. We use Bullpen as a second set of eyes on all of our underwriting. Find your next analyst using Bullpen at www.bullpenre.com. Use our promo code APTCAPITAL when you sign up to receive a $100 credit towards your first hire. Got it. All right, Greg. What is the one tool you use in real estate investing that you cannot do without? Okay, good question. Um, so my answer is going to be very, very simple. Um, and that's going to be my calendar, just because I am very organized and I've always used the calendar. Um, even a realtor buddy of mine used to make fun of me because they used to put like haircuts and oil changes on my calendar. But I was <laughs> like, you know what? This keeps me organized because mm -hmm. exactly. Um, I know exactly what I'm doing, you know, from 3.30 to 4.30, it's time blocked. And, um, you know, if you don't use a calendar and it works for you, that's great. But um, I just can't function like that. So yeah, my answer is uh, very simple and that's my calendar. Can you tell us a story about your biggest mistake in real estate investing and what is the main takeaway for our listeners? Uh, sure. Everybody's got a mistake or two on their resume. So um, my biggest one um, would probably be, you know, going down the rabbit hole and the uh, analysis by paralysis. I feel like I wasted um, a lot of time. I don't even want to share the amount of time that I've probably wasted uh, researching, um, you know, mobile home parks. And then somebody would talk about self-storage and then I would just kind of research them and really not do anything. Um, and that, I think that kind of came down to um, me just trying to be busy and, convince myself that, hey, I'm doing work, I'm keeping busy, I'm looking at self-storage, but I would never pull the trigger. And I would probably you know, be a lot further along in my investing career if I didn't go down all those rabbit holes and just focused on one, maybe two niches and really just focus on it, become an expert, and then go from there. What is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level? Um, so this is 
Another good, good question. I was listening to a podcast the other day and um, kind of paraphrasing, but they basically said, you know, the how-to of whatever you want to do is out there, right? You can Google it. You can find a mentor. You can go to forums and, you know, find out how to make a million dollars in real estate. Um, but so the how-to is easy. The hard part is getting out of your own way. And this is something that I've really, um, you know, developed in the past 18 months or so um, when I jumped into personal development and mindset. And in the beginning, I, when I heard mindset and personal development, I was like, oh, that's just, you know, foo-foo. I'm not going to get into that. I, I know what I'm doing. But I didn't know what I was doing. I, you know, I was very fearful. I was fearful of making a mistake and looking uh, bad in front of my friends and family. But once I really dived or dove into uh, personal development, which I still do, you know, pretty much every day, um, that really got me over that hump. So I think that would be my answer to that question. Even five years from now, 10 years from now, it's personal development and mindset. Love it. And finally, where can people find out more about you? Um, great. Yeah. So I have a website. It is uh, sevenfigurecapital.com. And if people want to email me directly, it's greg at sevenfigurecapital.com. Great. Well, thanks for your time today and for being on our show, Greg. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate group on Facebook so you can connect with Kyle and Lolita and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so that you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, head on over to aptcapitalgroup.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Kyle and Lolita, sign up on the Contact Us page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode.